Well, I am so excited to be back with our Christ Journey family. I love our church. I, I was happy to be away, but I'm so glad to be back. And I'm glad for wherever you're making your connection with us today in one of our campuses here in South Florida or uh, across the nation, around the world. This is Thanksgiving week in America. And so we're turning our hearts toward counting the blessings that God has brought our way. And we pray that wherever you are, you'll have reason to do the same. Now, um, we have a Thanksgiving tradition at our house. Of course, there's delicious food. Lisa's table is uh, beautifully set. Um, the uh, parades and football are on television. The aromas are flooding our senses. The aromas of the season are just filling every room in the house. And I'm telling you, all of it is special. And it's, a speci it's extra special when my mother gets to be with us as she is this year. So I'm also happy and excited about that. Um, but you know what takes the tradition, it takes it to the next level for me, is something that we do every Thanksgiving. You might consider it, perhaps you already do it. But um, we have, right after everybody eats, but before dessert, we insist that everybody at the White House for Thanksgiving uh, takes a little time to put into words something they're truly grateful for. Doesn't have to talk a long time, but you have to find something deep, not just something you're a little bit grateful for, no, something that you feel, something that has meaning, and you have to put it into words. You have to voice out loud what it is, and it might be hard to do, you know, you might get choked up. You might, um, you might have to take a little time. And it's not a bit unusual for that to happen. Somebody is talking, and uh, as they're speaking, it's like they're transported to another place in another time because um, almost another dimension where, where suddenly the... Uh, Time seems to be longer and the connections feel stronger. Something just happened. And we've been doing it for decades and what I've realized is this. Gratitude is a portal. Gratitude is a portal through which we can lay hold of life, which is truly life. Life of another dimension. More than simply existence, more than simply um, biological life. This, the experience, my sense is it's more than chemical reactions happening in the brain. Something of a spiritual reality is being shared and we're getting to, uh, to step into it. it. It involves time, but it's somehow beyond time. And what I mean is this, uh, the past suddenly seems present. One person is talking but they're connecting to something that's deep. And those of us that are listening from the heart are suddenly invited in to another kind of authentic community. It, it's like um, they've suddenly gone there in spirit and, and we get to join them in spirit in a deeper level of authenticity because of gratitude. But gratitude is the portal. Does any of that sound familiar? Thanksgiving happens for me on two levels. There's a material level, you know, with material food in a material place, with material goods that we're saying thank you for, but then there's this, um, it's more than material, it's life of another kind. 
it's, um, it's like I passed through a wormhole. Where's Morgan Freeman? I passed through a wormhole into another dimension of reality. You know, the Greeks, we already said this, but the Greeks had two words for life, bios, from which we get biological life, material life, and then zoe, which is talking about a spiritual quality that is holistic, it's deep and wide. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Guess which word he used? Zoe. It's a spiritual quality of life. He's talking about more than merely biological life where your materials tummy gets full of material goods. He's talking about a spiritual quality of life, life on another plane. Um, C.S. Lewis, in his famous little book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, invites the reader through a portal into life of another reality called Narnia, another dimension of life, a reality of another kind that is accessed through a wardrobe, which is a closet in the United Kingdom. It's what they call their closets. Well, Jesus taught that this life is more than a material life. He, uh, he said he came to restore that part of life that has been missing. Jesus said the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's not just talking about people like us that tend to get wander and, and, get, and lose our way. It's talking about a reality that was lost. Something that was lost. What reality? The spiritual quality and dimension of life. That's why he said to a very affluent and educated religious leader of his day, he said, you, you need to be born again. You, you need to be born of the Spirit, he said. With all your religion, you're still missing something that is more than material religion. It is a spiritual reality, born of the Spirit. When Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden sinned, they died spiritually. That's how the story opens. Their bodies eventually died physically, but they died immediately spiritually. They lost connection with God. This quality of, of uh, spiritual connection. And every generation, every human generation since then has been born spiritually dead, missing this quality of life in the spirit as God intended. It's like the Garden of Eden on earth was like my Thanksgiving table at home. I mean, it's spread with all these good things and, and the Heavenly Father is hosting this great dinner for his kids and you can imagine how excited he would be to tell them his offspring eat from every tree in the garden. The tree of life is there. The tree of eternal days is there, including that. So please eat of every tree. And you can imagine God being so excited that he's inviting his, his new offspring to enter the portal of gratitude because of his generosity. But of course he says, you know, there's just this one rule in the whole garden and the whole table. There's just one, one tree to stay away from. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Genesis 2.17. And the day that you eat of that, you will surely die. Now, the choice was there. Why? So that they could freely choose to go with God who gave them life. Freedom of choice gives us the chance to go with God who gives us life or not. And when he said, if you choose to go without the God who gave you life, then that, you will surely die. Now, that's not a threat. That's just a fact. If you choose against life, that's called death. And uh, the fruit was not poison. We're not told that the fruit was poison, but the choice would be. 
And in that choice, Adam and Eve died. They lost something vital in their spiritual reality, in the spiritual relationship with God. Now, somebody's thinking, yeah, but they were tricked, right? The serpent deceived them, lied to them. Yes, he did, but they chose to believe the lie instead of their creator's word. Now, the story goes on to tell us that this involves some severe mercy, severe mercy from God. I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way, but imagine God as their heavenly father, now with his offspring, spiritually dead because they went their own way. And God, could God have been thinking, you know, if they keep going their own way and try to fix this thing by now eating from the tree of eternal days, they're going to be sealing their death for eternity. I can't let that happen. So he says, you've got to leave the garden. He posts a guard outside the garden. Not in as angry punishment, but rather as protection for their own good to keep them from doing themselves eternal harm in love. And then from there, he sets in motion, God sets in motion the plan of redemption that he's going to set this world right. He's going to set that choice right through people, through a covenant with people. Abraham, well, Noah, Abraham, uh, Jacob, who becomes Israel, then David, and ultimately the, uh, the fullness of that covenant coming to us in Jesus Christ, who gives us the new covenant in his blood as a descendant of David. Come to do what? To restore the spirit life, to restore the spirit life potential and initiate redemption of this restoration that comes through forgiveness of sin and the indwelling Holy Spirit. And what is it that we're supposed to see in that? Well, there's much, but how about this? That this material world is not an end in itself. That the material world is a means, it was always meant to be a means to a greater end. The flourishing of our potential as image bearers of God, which reflects in our spirit. So think of this, it's life of a spiritual kind in a material world for an eternal destiny. Hold that thought. This is a deep one, but hold it. Life in a material world and of a spiritual kind in a material world for an eternal destiny. Or to say it another way, here's what God wants and has always wanted it. God wants you to grow in this life in ways that show in the next. And that's always been his purpose by putting us here in such a place. And Jesus underlines this many times in his ministry. One of the places was when he told the parable of the talents. And at the end of the story, he says to the servant, well done, good and faithful servant. Those sound like words of gratitude, don't they? You've been faithful in the little things. Think of this entire life reality as the little things. But he says, now, oh, come and share your master's happiness as I give you many things. I put you in charge of many things. Imagine that. You sharing in the happiness of God. Can you share in God's happiness? That's what Jesus said. That's what the purpose of this life is. This life is to prepare you to share in God's happiness in this life and the next. That's the purpose. Now, part of the problem, frankly, for us as human beings, for me, in a world as wonderful as this one, like Louis Armstrong sings, you know, it's a wonderful world. 
is to get distracted by its material wonders and then wander away from the God who made it and made us in it for life of a spiritual kind in a material world for, for an eternal destiny. And just like the tempter used this world to distract and divert Adam and Eve, you know what, he's still doing it. It happens to us. And that's why Paul writes to Pastor Timothy in Ephesus, these words, 1 Timothy chapter six, command those who are rich in this present world. Guess what? That's Adam and Eve. That's all of us. That's those of us who have received the gift of life in the world, in life, in a material world. Command them not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth. Oh, what's that? That's being distracted to think that this world is the end of its purpose. This world's not meant to provide stable certainty for our lives. It's a gift along the way towards spiritual eternal life. But let's remind them, remind them, this is to put our hope in God who provides us with everything for our enjoyment. I love this verse. I hope you have it underlined in your Bible. God provides us with everything richly for our enjoyment. God wants you in on his happiness. That's what Jesus said. But don't get distracted by the golden eggs. Love the goose. That's what, that's what we're supposed to be learning. I think Paul is saying to Timothy, tell your people that as good as the world is, don't miss the provider. And stop thinking that to have life, you've got to do it your own way. Because that's what started the whole problem. Just like in the Garden of Eden. Just like Thanksgiving table at my house. There's this huge spread. It's meant to be enjoyed on a material level, yes. But it also is a portal to a greater reality. Does that make sense? A greater quality of life that's meant to be experienced in a spiritual way. I don't know if you've ever thought of Thanksgiving that way, but am I making sense? The question then becomes this. How do we access that portal? If that really is what the possibility of having such a great spread before us means, then how do we get through that portal and not be diverted into a, into a misdirected, damaging place? Well, that's where verse 18 come in, verses 18 and 19. Pastor Dave and Pastor John, by the way, aren't you happy to get acquainted with Pastor John Churchill? What a great story. But they got us started last Sunday, and verse 18 says this, command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. Okay, if I do that, what's gonna happen? Where's it gonna take me? Well, verse 19, in this way, they will be laying up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. You have passed through a, uh, a portal between time zones. So what? So that they may take hold of life, yes, from there to here, and Life that is truly life. What is that? That's a spiritual result of an eternal kind that is accessed by what I do with my material goods. Okay, I'm gonna say that again because this one settles in on me. That's, uh, this is what I think he's trying to tell us, how to be rich, here it is. You can have a spiritual result of an eternal kind that is accessed through what you're doing in your material world. That's the story from the Garden of Eden and he wants it to be your story today. 
Doing what? What am I doing with the material world? Well, he says, here's what we should be doing. Do good. Do good deeds. Be rich in good deeds. Be generous. Be willing to share. And as we do that, what's going to happen? I'm going to be laying up treasures in heaven, and I'm going to make early withdrawals so that today I can be experiencing life that is truly life, not merely biological material life, but zoe, a spiritual quality of life that is eternal in its value and impact. But I get to experience it in the material world. You see? in that I've passed through the portal and I've taken hold of life that's more than life it's one thing to add years to your life see healthcare physical medical healthcare does that but it's another thing to add life to your years and that's what God wants you to have he's always wanted you to have that from Adam and Eve so let me show you what I'm seeing and then see if you agree what Paul is saying is that grace the grace of our gracious provider opens the portal by generosity. God started this whole generosity thing. He richly provides us with everything, life, material goods, the whole world, everything in it, for our what? Enjoyment. It is good. Be happy. Be filled. And then we're challenged to join in that flow as it cascades down by putting our hope in God, not in our stuff, and then showing it by doing good for others, by letting it flow through us. By doing good, be rich in good deeds, be generous and willing to share. Now, I'm not asking if you agree with that. I'm just asking, do you see that? Is that what he's saying? It's like Jesus was teaching, freely you have received, now freely give. <laughs> this is how the image of God is expressed in grace. Generosity will then take you through a portal into a place of gratitude. Why? Because I use the material world to, be, to build spiritual riches and take hold of eternal life. Generosity opens the portal from this life to the next. I'm laying up treasure for a firm foundation. There's the solid foundation. It's more real than what we call the real world and the coming age. And what? Oh, I'm also taking hold of life that is truly life. So here's what all of that means. If your head is kind of swimming in this, here's what all that means. Your life was intended to be a channel of blessing. And that means it can become a portal through gratitude to eternal life in this material world. And how can anyone be richer than that? that other people can access the life of God through your life, no matter how much stuff you have. Be rich. Another word for, for grace that flows in generosity that does good is agape. Agape love, it's God's kind of love. That word is only used in the New Testament for God's kind of love, and it means a grace that flows in generosity through doing good. This is what God does. God is love. Whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Oh, because once you know God, you know God is love. And so love is contagious. When, when you experience God's love, then you love your brother, it says, and then, you know, who started all this love stuff? Well, God did. 
From the beginning, God has been gracious. God has been generous. God is our gracious, generous creator, provider. And he shows this because God is love. God is agape love. And then we respond because we see it in action like children watching their parents. And then we just do what they do. We do what he does. We love because he first loved us. God starts it. Our creator, provider shows grace and generosity and agape love. And then we respond in agape love. And what does that look like in life today? It looks like people doing good. It looks like being rich in good deeds. It looks like people being willing to share, being generous. Love shows up through generosity. That's what I'm getting out of this. And we've said it before, it bears repeating. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Is that true? I mean, yeah, you can say words, but no, you can't really love without giving. But I'm not talking about giving money to the church. This is not a giving initiative. Okay, though I do need to say, hey, time out. Thank you to everybody who gave through the Daring Greatly initiative this year. The upgrades are being installed on our campuses. Perhaps you can even tell the difference now. And we're also moving forward in the expansion search because of those gifts. So I really want to say thank you for that. But this isn't about giving money to the church. You know what Paul's writing about? Paul's talking about developing a lifestyle of generosity. That this is just the way we live. What is that? Well, that's like if you have knowledge, then speaking with wisdom is a way of showing generosity. You don't just keep it all to yourself. You, you share your insight in wise ways that help others in their lives. If you have power, then wielding power with humility, acting with humility is a generous thing. When you have power, uh, when... It, a generous thing is showing up early for work instead of late. That's being generous with your time. You're, you're showing generosity to others, using manners when we talk to one another. This is a generous act. It can be a generous act. Being polite and courteous, especially at home, that's a generous act. Courtesy, did you know courtesy, the English word comes from court, C-O-U-R-T, the language of the court, where people are treated as royalty. That's what it's talking about. So when you treat others like royalty at your house, King Bill, hmm, that sounds good. <laughs> then you're being generous, right? Now, what do we call that in Miami? Being courteous, being, we call that crazy. That's not, you know, who does that? No, in Miami, we treat people with contempt. We despise, we, you know, they annoy me. That's why this is such a generous thing to do and why love shows up, whether you're behind the wheel or across the table. You know, this is crazy. Yes, it's crazy generous. It is crazy love. It's agape, that's what it's called. And it's being, you know, being willing to listen to another's point of view, especially when you disagree, that's generous. When you listen without interrupting, that's like crazy generous. Right? Generous. It's a generous act. Grace is undeserved kindness that gives birth to gratitude through generosity. So when we behave in generous ways that cause others to sense gratitude, what have you just done? You've given them a window of, that is a portal that could open up 
So Paul isn't talking, a smile can be generous. Right? Instead of a scowl, a smile can be very generous. He's not talking about just being generous with your money. He's talking about building a generous life with generous thoughts and generous attitudes and generous deeds and generous words. Agape love is the most generous thing on earth. In fact, it takes us above the earth. It takes us beyond the earth. And that is the point. What you're doing is being invited to open a portal between this life and the next life through generosity. A portal in the material world to life of a spiritual kind for an eternal destiny. Think about that again. I know there are opportunities for distraction, but that's why this matters so much, isn't it? Think about this, hold on, think about this. Every person here, every one of us, right this very moment, have a, an opportunity to take hold in a material world of a spiritual life that can bring eternal impact. And it's not about how much you have, it's about how you live. That's the whole point. That's the point of the text. And when we love, here's what's happening. We're moving into the lane where God drives. You know, we've got express lane and we've got uh, just, you know, um, what do they call it? Traffic lane where everybody, um, commuter lane, right? Well, there's a God lane. And when you move into love, you are now driving in God's lane. So on your Christ journey, see Christ journey isn't just the name of church. Christ journey is what we do when we follow Christ. And that means that we follow him into the lane where God drives. And that means that we start learning how to live generous lives in love, show love through generosity, that we do things that help other then enter the portal of gratitude. And when they're in the portal of gratitude, what happens? Well, we're giving them reason to say, thank you. <laughs> and if they will stop, and think about what has touched them deeply and where they have reason to say thank you, then they just might realize that time has grown a bit longer and connections are getting stronger and they're being invited into another place, another dimension of a spiritual kind and gratitude becomes the portal through which they get to lay hold of life that is more than life. Is this making sense? And you may be saying right now, well, I get that. Okay, I see it. <laughs> you don't have to say it again. How many times have you already said the same thing, Bill? Is it four or five? You've been counting? Sometimes it takes time for me to get it. I get that. I know that. Okay, but you know what? I'm kind of on the deficit side of life right now. And I can see how people with stuff and, you know, we, life is good. They wear the t-shirt. It's the good life. You know, they're hurricanes and they're celebrating right now with UM. Woo, shout out. <laughs> right? It's like, we know what it feels like to be on the plus side of victory. We're winning. Yes. But others, if you're on the, the disappointment side of the taste of bitterness, 
Sometimes it's kind of hard to access your gratitude quotient, right? Maybe it's kind of hard to get to the portal of gratitude if you've just lost your job or you've lost your health or you've, uh, you've lost your home or maybe you've lost a loved one. You're not feeling so blessed, you know, when you're running on empty and you're, you're wondering how are we going to make ends meet? Well, could I ask you something? If, if you're in a place of hardship right now, would you be willing to let your church help? If you're in a place of need right now, would you be willing to let your church help? Could you talk to a pastor about what your physical, your material need is and see if we couldn't bring some of the blessings of those that are in a season of plenty to address the needs of some of us who might find ourselves on the deficit side right now? But we won't know unless you help us know. So I wanted, it's a risky thing to do, isn't it? But it's better than sitting alone in your pity to join the body and say, hey, maybe me. Because some of us, others of us are in a season of plenty right now. You got stuff. You got stuff and stuff on top of your stuff. And so maybe you could give away some furniture that somebody else needs. Or maybe you don't need three cars. You, you could give a car to somebody who doesn't have one right now. Or maybe, you know, you could, you, you're flush on food. Your table's going to be full, but you'd like to give some food so Feed Miami shelves could be full and other families could be fed. Because, hey, I'm good. I'm good. Life is good. Okay. Well, then, you know what? For somebody else, it's not so good materially right now. And they're going to be reaching through the portal to take hold of life, which is life, because you're going to be generous in a way that helps them find gratitude. See how that all works together? So here's what we need to do, though, if you're going to take me up on this. We're going to need some of you. Uh, by, by the way, I know of another member. This is where the whole idea came from. Another of our members is downsizing right now and has given half of their furniture away. And, uh, and I thought, well, maybe the Lord wants me to ask others to do that. And I don't know if that's you or not, but if you're in a place of hardship right now, you need to let your pastors know. So find a pastor. You can write us a note. You can send us an email. You can text it in to us. Whatever seems most respectful to you, then you let us know. And if you're in a season that's, hey, life is good, but we got stuff we could share, then maybe you could let one of your pastors know. Hey, we've got some of this or that and the other thing. And then maybe we could kind of do air traffic control and direct the plenty to the need and then see if we can't open a portal of gratitude through generosity that would cause people on both sides of the equation to lay hold of life that is truly life. And then everybody has something to say, thank you God for this Thanksgiving. And you know why I'm asking you to do that is because here's what God wants. God wants for you to grow in this life in ways that will show in the next life. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you modeled this for us. Gracious God, our Father, creator, provider of everything in this life that we call good, we're so grateful and we want to join you through the portal of gratitude in the experience of generosity and say thank you, thank you, thank you. But we're also aware that there are others in material need and spiritual need. And we pray that you would just guide us, guide me, to know what is our next step? Where could we be part of the opportunity of that grace cascading down in ways that give others opportunity?
to find the portal of gratitude because of generosity. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your generosity that has brought life and eternal life to us. We pray right now, your spirit's fullness could be flowing in this place in ways that would call us to your table and into fellowship. And we're also mindful, Lord, of those who may be joining us today on the front end of their spiritual journey. So if that's you, friend, and you'd like to know, how can I get close to Jesus today? How can I enter the portal? Well, you can say, thank you, Lord, for dying for me. Thank you that on the cross, you were taking my sins penalties. And that when you rose from the dead, your power can now come alive in me. So I open my heart to you and invite you to come alive in me. Forgive my sin. I'm turning from my way to follow your way and invite you to let my life be part of the channel of blessing. Now, if our heads are still bowed for a moment, if you prayed that prayer with me to ask Christ to come alive in you and would let me ask God's blessing upon your next steps of faith, would you simply raise your hand wherever you're seated and just keep it up for a moment. If you're joining us online, there's a banner there to click and let us join you in prayer as well. Amen. Thank you. Toward the back of the room on the aisle there to my left, God bless you. Anyone else? In the very back, thank you, right there in the center. God bless you. Lord Jesus, thank you for every person who by uplifted hand is saying their heart is open and they've trusted you. And now we pray that the fullness of your spirit would flow in them and through them that generosity could lead them to even greater reasons to say thank you. In your name we pray. 